Isn't that the worst? I found I would always have planned to leave school like before my usual time. And I'm like, I'm going to walk out the doors at 4pm today. I'm going to do it. And then somebody walks into your classroom at like 3.20 when the bell goes and they're like, are you coming to the staff room? You're like, why? Is there cake? Is there someone's birthday? Did I miss something? (laughs) Welcome to Rainbow Skies for New Teachers, where we're all about bite-sized tips and simple strategies for bright and busy new teachers. If you're in your first few years of your career and want to make the rollercoaster ride of teaching more fun, streamlined and stress-free, you're in the right place. We're Ashley and Alicia, the dynamic duo from Rainbow Sky Creations, and we're excited to be your teacher mentors on the go. There are rainbows ahead, my friend, and together we're unstoppable. Let's get into today's episode. Here at Rainbow Sky Creations, we acknowledge the Daro people and the Wujak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we record this podcast today, where we live, work and learn. We pay our respects to their past, present and emerging elders of this nation and supports the cultural, spiritual and educational practices of First Nations people. Welcome to today's episode at Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. This episode is sponsored by Transform Your First Years, the membership, where we help teachers go from new to experience without having to figure it out on your own. Doors for the membership are open. New teachers, this episode is to help you know that you are not alone. Now, there are not many jobs out there in the world where someone who steps out of university is expected to do exactly the same thing and achieve exactly the same thing as someone else who's been in that same industry for 40, 50 years. But as teachers, that's exactly what we're expected to do. And it is a recipe for overwhelm. Absolutely. I definitely found as a teacher in my first few years, I was doing things that I wondered if other teachers were doing as well. And then when I went around procrastinating from doing the jobs I was supposed to be doing and having a chat to my teacher (laughs) friends in their classrooms, I'd have a little chuckle over these things I was doing. And they're like, yeah, I do that all the time. So this episode is about teacher, you are not alone because I guarantee the thing you think that nobody else has done as a teacher, there are heaps of them who have done it as well. So let's share our dirty little teacher secrets. (laughs) Yeah. All those doozies, all those mistakes we've made along the way. Before we do dive into some of those, Alicia, there is a saying that we have here at Rainbow Sky and I feel like we are giving away some of these sayings as we're going along with the podcast but this one is perfection is a unicorn which means that the perfect teacher doesn't exist even teachers with loads of experience they miss deadlines they make mistakes they forget important events so we want you to know that there's no such thing as perfect so let's not strive towards that let's just be perfectly us. I love that. Perfectly us, authentically us. And that's going to get you a lot further in life than putting on this perfection mask. Totally. Okay. So the first thing that I used to do, and you know what? I did this up until a few years ago. I just have a pile of marking, especially assessments, and I'd bring them back and forth to school, not marked all the time. (laughs) Yes. Why do we do this? Like my mantra now with our TIFI members in Transform Your First Years is like, just don't take it home in the first place. Like don't have that pile of books staring at you going, you didn't mark me. You should have marked me. Why haven't you marked me? Just don't take them home. We've all done it. The guilt that comes with it. It's the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads into something I'm very guilty of is having a pile of unmarked work on my desk or behind my teacher desk or under my teacher desk that is there for weeks and I don't mark it. I'm like, why, 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 why are you sitting here? And do you know what I've done then? Oh, I think I've done the same, which I'm, it's hard to confess, but do confess it. 
I didn't mark it because it was irrelevant by the time I got around to it. Yeah. And I just put it in the recycling yes. box. Just take it home and put it in the recycling bin at home. And then everyone's none the wiser, you know? Yeah, that's it. Until that one student goes, hey, miss, where was that bit of work we did? You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure we stuck them into our house books. <laughs> <laughs> Who loves a cup of coffee? Put your hand up. All hands yes. are up in the house. Who is guilty of having a coffee cup collection in their classroom. Oh, so many teachers do this. They have yes. those coffee cups, they just pile them up. Yes. I think if there's one thing that teacher staff rooms can declutter on, it is the collection of coffee mugs. Or are you that teacher who forgets to bring your mug and you go and take a mug from the staff room, not realizing it's somebody else's favorite mug. And then they come into the staff room and they're like, where's my mug? And you get that feeling and you go, it's me. I've got your mug, but I'm going to hide. I'm going to go back to my classroom now with my coffee because I don't want to give you your mug back because I need this drink. Do hide because some teachers are just so territorial about their mugs. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I was thinking? Is anyone the teacher out there that has the collection of teaspoons? Because every time I go into a staff room, it doesn't matter what school I teach at, the teaspoons are all missing. There is like three for the entire staff. Yes, that is so true. It's a bit like that in my house at the moment too. I'm like, kids, where are all the teaspoons? Like, are these like musical instruments this week? <laughs> so yeah, there's a teaspoon fairy, like there is a sock fairy out there in your washing yes. machine. Now I'm very guilty of this and it isn't just limited to one day of the week, but being in my pajamas before the sun goes down on a Friday, and it might also be on a Monday or a Wednesday or a Sunday. <laughs> I am guilty of this too. When I taught kindergarten back in my first few years of teaching, I was living with a friend and she had a really cool job in real estate and did all these great corporate things. And on a Friday night, wasn't only a Friday night, it would have been other nights of the week too, but uh, we would lie, lie on the lounge or sit on the couch and watch some TV and I would be falling asleep at 7.30 because I was so exhausted from my day with my little ones. Yeah. My husband had to come to terms with me not watching a whole movie. Like he just knew as soon as I lied down in my pajamas on the couch to watch a movie, there was no way I was completing it. So he had to come to terms with that. For sure. Teacher Mm. life. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Alicia, this next one is yours. Take it away. You know this one's mine because this (laughs) is me. (laughs) This is so me. Haven't recorded any student results in your mark book for nearly the whole term. Oh. I'm so, don't do this. Don't, don't do it. I was very <laughs> bad for it. I feel like this is a bit like what I do every year with tax time. I get to the month of June and go, I haven't recorded any of my tax deductions. Where are my receipts? So think of your mark book as being prepared for your tax return at the end of the financial year. Just start jotting it down by week two at the latest. Don't do it in week seven. It is horrible. Your future self will be thanking you if you do this. Yes. I think you should reward yourself if you actually even put any marks in your mark book. I think that is permission and grounds to leave work on time. Go out and walk out the classroom, walk out the school gates when the students are going out too. Yes. You've earned it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. This next one is something that you might feel a bit guilty about, but don't because we've all been there. You teach a lesson without the resort resources you thought that you had. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have the amount of times I can't tell you. Mm. And I found I was very guilty for this if I hadn't organized my classroom at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, I'm sure I know where it is and not realizing I had loaned it out to another teacher or I hadn't gone and got it from the resource room. Yeah, don't be that teacher. 
I mean, if that happens to you, if you're teaching a, a lesson and it involves everyone having dice, for example, and you can't find the dice, it's just totally okay to say to your students, do you know what? Let's pause this lesson. We're going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I have done that too. <laughs> I love those kids who be like, oh, but miss, it's a game. I'm sure we can do it with playing cards. Do we have playing cards? I know where they are. And you're like, I love you. I love that student. <laughs> yeah. Resourceful kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Teachers, you are not alone if you can't sleep because you're dreading an upcoming parent meeting. Yes. Or replaying that conversation you had with the student or parent that day. It is... I was terrible for waking up at the crack of dawn or before the crack of dawn at like 3am going, oh my gosh, am I prepared for this? Did I say the right thing? Have I traumatized that family for life? Like what are the repercussions going to be? Yeah, I think we always do second guess ourselves and that's kind of a sign that you really care. They do say that teachers are the only people that lose sleep over other people's children. Yes, or maybe pediatricians might as well. Yeah, you know what? They probably do. (laughs) Yeah, but it's so normal. Like even if it's just writing it down, what's in your head or just having a little speak to yourself and being like, it's okay, you'll be fine. And I would get a book and then I'd read myself to sleep. But you find what you do when you wake up at that time. Okay, you're not alone if you completely forget that there's a staff meeting. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that the worst? I found I would always have planned to leave school like before my usual time. And I'm like, I'm going to walk out the doors at 4 p.m. today. I'm going to do it. And then somebody walks into your classroom at like 3.20 when the bell goes and they're like, are you coming to the staff room? You're like, why? Is there cake? Is there someone's birthday? Did I miss something? And they're like, no, it's a staff meeting. You're like, what? Why? Oh, the disappointment. Cake versus staff meeting. Oh, (laughs) the worst. So that's why digital calendars are my friends. Yeah. Speaking of treats, you're not alone if you eat all the treats that you've actually brought in for your students. I think I actually confessed to this on the podcast already, but I Mm. used to always just snack on those chocolates that I bought for my year four students while I was marking their spelling tests because I just despised that job. Mm. And I'll never have treats like that in my classroom ever again. (laughs) Or are you the teacher as well who's maybe preparing a cooking lesson a science lesson, a fun lesson that involves food and you just buy an extra pack because you know you're going to want to eat them. (laughs) Well, that's actually smart. That is. (laughs) Might have done that a few times making Christmas cookies, but keep that one under wraps. I'm going to say you're not alone if you stay at school or even up late planning a lesson that your students complete within 10 minutes. Oh, the worst. Yeah. You know, when you plan that lesson, you're like, this is going to be awesome. They're going to be engaged. And then you're like, wow, I just pitched that way too low. Like that wasn't challenging enough. Doesn't it? Happens in the early years a lot. We actually say to our members inside Transform Your First Years, never spend more time planning a lesson than it's going to take to teach. So if it's going to take 40 minutes for you to teach it, if that's the timing you're looking at, don't spend more than 40 minutes planning it. It's kind of like a little rule. Yeah. I like this one. You're not alone if you have students sitting on the floor in front of you and you have no idea what you're going to do for that lesson. Oh my gosh. Look, I have been there many, many times over. I feel like it's near the end of the term, the end of the school year, and you've just run out of path. Yeah. Or you've had a big weekend and it's Monday afternoon and you've done all your traditional Monday lessons and you're just like, I haven't got anything this afternoon. I haven't got the brain power. <laughs> feel like they were teaching overseas days for sure. Yeah. Look, if you find yourself in that position, you are not alone. And the great thing is, is that you're just building your skills to improvise. Yes. 
And you just have that little bank of transition games or maths games or literacy games, and they are your go-to when you have that moment and you're like, what are we going to do? Games for the win, collaborative tasks for the win, open-ended tasks for the win. Totally. (laughs) I love an open-ended task. Now, you're not alone if you've lost your temper when you shouldn't have. I did this this morning with my own kids. I lost my temper over something so silly. It was a drink bottle. But, you know, we're all human and sometimes we do lose our temper and sometimes we might be a bit cranky about something that's unreasonable and it's okay to come back. I've always found if you come back and you say, I'm really sorry I got cranky about that or that upset me but I shouldn't have had that reaction, kids just take that on and they move on. Yeah, and it's an opportunity to talk about like what could I do when I lose my temper or what could have I tried to do instead to help mm. regulate myself? I feel like I do this regularly at the moment. I go up to my three-year-old, I'm like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really sorry I lost my patience and had a catastrophic reaction to something that was minor. And I think that's a good social and emotional learning lesson to have about like the catastrophe scale of our reaction to certain things that happen. So that's a little side note. Yeah, I think that actually as I've gotten older, I've realised that getting cranky or losing your temper over something that's only small is actually a sign or a symptom of something else. Like you might be tired. You might be feeling burnt out. You might be feeling overwhelmed. I know with my kids at home, they're all trying to tell me something. Then my husband tries to tell me something and I'm trying to think of what's in my brain. That is a recipe of overwhelm for me. And that's when things like snap or you things mm. change for you. So sometimes learning that about yourself and then you can try and avoid those situations too, or you can see it coming and you know, okay, I've just got to take a step back here. You might get your kids silent reading, for example. Take a minute, take a breather to regroup. Yes, that is excellent advice. Now, teacher, you're not alone if you forget to mark the role again and again and again. (laughs) The office ladies are not going to like it, but don't worry, we have all been there. And then when I know schools nowadays will do it after lunchtime, too, like another mark the role and you're like, oh my gosh, kids, we have to remember how to do this. Do you know what I used to do for marking the role? And people sit on the fence with this one when it comes to like a classroom management tool. I would use Class Dojo and you can have a check-in system. So when my kids would come in to the day, so would have my little interactive whiteboard on and the activities. And when we are transitioning to coming down to the mat to start the day, I would have little Class Dojo up, even if it's just used for your classroom check-in and they would come and just tap and say that they're here. And that was a little signal for me to be like, okay, now I do the role. Like it was a process. It was a routine. So I've seen people use stones or everyone sit at your desk and I'll see who's not here, but you create a routine when it comes to doing your role. You have a routine. That's very important. Yes. A routine definitely does help. Yes. Okay. Teacher, you are not alone. If you haven't read, oh, this is a pet peeve of mine. (laughs) The 30 emails that have been sent to you during the school day. I felt like when we were teaching in Dubai, Alicia, the emails were always thick and fast. There was always like millions coming through. I feel like it wasn't as bad as at the schools that I worked at in Australia, but it's so hard when you have all those emails come through and you've actually been teaching your kids. You don't have time to be reading emails. Yeah. And I think sometimes the bigger the school is, the more emails you get, like the bigger the cohort, or if you've got special events that are coming up and just like a friendly reminder and you're like, how many friendly reminders do I need? Like save that email. Don't send it to me. It's just going to stress me out. For sure. It's not getting friendly anymore. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, this one. Teacher, you are not alone if you completely forget to dress up for the special school day or school event. I've done There's that. nothing worse when they sneak up on you, those events. 
Yeah. And I'm sure there are the organized teachers who have, have like a backup like costume or like backup crazy socks or backup crazy hair ties. But I always found it was like the pajama days. I would rock up and I'll be like, get to school and I'll be like, oh man, that's why everyone's wearing pajamas today. Yeah. It was the winter woolies day, you know, or the wear orange day for harmony week that you forgot was coming, even though everyone's been sending emails about it for a week, but I haven't read those emails (laughs) because I'm overwhelmed. My dad actually dropped my daughter off at school the other day and it was pajama day for her and he dropped her off and he comes home white as a ghost. And I said, dad, what's wrong? And he said, there's only one child dressed in pajamas and it's your daughter (laughs) and I said no dad it's just kindergarten the rest of the school is dressed in normal uniform and he's like no I'm telling you I saw no one in pajamas thank goodness at that moment another mother has sent me a photo of her with a little friend also in her pajamas and I was like look evidence (laughs) yes we went over prepared and got the wrong week uh, for pajama day leading into like teacher you're not alone from that last one is if you forget to send home that important note to parents. Oh, I did this the other day on a casual day. I just totally forgot to get the tray from the office to send out the notes and the Mm. worst happens. It happens. And that's when you send out an emergency email to all parents when you remember. Or if it's like at eight o'clock at night, you schedule that email to go out first thing in the morning at like, you know, 6.30 a.m. So they know you're not that teacher just lying in bed at nine o'clock going, I've got to tell you, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm probably guilty of this definitely in my first few years because I was a chaotic mess. Teacher, you're not alone if you forget your class is presenting at assembly next week. Oh, and you just haven't left yourself enough time to prepare and organize it. Yeah. Even if you just remember sometimes three weeks before, you're like, I don't have enough to put on my class production that I had planned for this assembly. I mean, who does that? People do, but not me. No, no. Some people are really good at that, but I do think I don't know how I feel about the class assemblies. I feel like it does add extra pressure on teachers and students. I know that there's advantages to them, but Mm. mm, I just, I'm not fully convinced. Yeah. It's a hot topic, contentious topic maybe as well. Controversial. One of those topics. Okay. This one never happens to my mum. She's a teacher too. She's always the first. And I'll tell you why that's a bad thing in a minute, but you're not alone if you're the last person to hand your reports in for checking. Hmm. Now, my mum is like crazy organized and she's always the first person to hand in her reports. Every year she hands in her reports and then there's this big uproar and she comes home complaining or like she comes to me complaining. I don't live with her. (laughs) And she says, oh, my reports came back and they want to change this and this and this. And then they've told the staff that they want everyone to do this because she was so ahead of the game and because she was so organized. All of the updates happened after she had written her reports and then she has to go back and change them anyway. Yeah, that's always a tricky one when they feel like, hey, this year we're going to try this. And you're like, could have you just given me the heads up, please, please. Or can we just next year? Let's do it next year. Yes. She always gets very angry and rightfully so. It's very frustrating. So that's one good thing for handing in your reports late. But if you're the last person, someone has to be last. Now, this one I did definitely in my first few years, but not as I got further into my career. So teacher, you're not alone if you leave your students' workbooks at home with the plan to teach them for the next day. Yes. Another reason why just don't take things back and forth from home. Yeah. Which is what I stopped doing because there were times where I was like, I can't believe I just left your writing books at home. Must've just been allergic to writing this week. We'll forget about that (laughs) lesson. I like this one. 
Teacher, you're not alone if you think you've lost a student after doing a head count whilst on excursion. Well, fun fact, I did lose a student once (gasps) on an excursion. Um, (laughs) It was at Taronga Zoo. He was dealing with some sensory issues and decided he liked a spot in the zoo and he didn't want to leave. We Mm. got all the way to the bus, head count everyone on, and then we realised that we'd lost this student. He actually wasn't in my class. He was in my class the year before, but the year three and four class went together. So we left the teacher's aide on the bus with the students and myself and my partner, the other teacher, (laughs) frantically ran around this zoo to try and find this child. Thank God we did, but I'll never forget it. I'll never forget his name. I'll never forget his face. I'll never forget where I found him. I took my kids um, back to the zoo a few years ago and I said to them, this is where we lost that student. (laughs) And I bet the colour of your face was like as white as a sheet or grey as anything. Oh, I felt sick. Yes. And it's when you do the head count and the bus is already moving like you've done the head count, but you go, I'm just going to do it again because i got a feeling I haven't seen, you know, that kid. And you count and you're like, oh my God, I'm missing someone. And then like a head pops up. They're like bending down doing a shoelace. And you're like, oh my God, kids, <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> now, this one, I think every teacher has done. So teacher, you're not alone if you tell a sick student that they'll feel a lot better if they put a wet paper towel on it. Yes. And nothing worse when then then they go on to vomit everywhere in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, the, the magic of a wet paper towel, it can work miracles, but there are times where it is just a disaster. Yeah. And you know what? You're not meant to know that. These things happen. My daughter said to me the other day, we were driving into the city and she said, mom, I don't feel very well. And I was like, okay. And then we got out of the car and she said, I didn't feel well. And I said, I was probably motion sickness. And then we went into this big event where there was lots of people and she vomited everywhere. And I should have known better, but I didn't. And it happened. I would have chuckled if you said, just pat this tissue on your head. (laughs) You're going to find. (laughs) I didn't even have a tissue to pat on her head. Actually, I ran into a teacher friend there who's an assistant principal and she's amazing. Hey, Deb, if you're listening. And I said to my son, quick, run over to Deb and get some tissues. I know she'll have some because she's a very organized teacher. Yes. I am very bad for not having tissues. I feel like you either do or you don't, and I'm that don't person. Yeah. Okay, the last one is you are not alone if no one actually gets how you're feeling. If you are a new teacher and you don't come from a family of teachers or you don't have friends that are teachers and you feel like they don't understand, you're not alone with that. It's really hard, and sometimes you need to find that crew that actually gets it, which is why colleagues are so important or Facebook groups or Instagram pages that can support you or even things like our membership inside Transform Your First Years. The members inside there are really great with supporting each other when they need to. So if you're feeling like no one gets it, you aren't alone. That's right. We are here for you. Now, speaking of Facebook groups, we have created one for Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. So we'll drop the link in the show notes. But if you'd like to continue this fun discussion, come join us in the Facebook group at Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. Yes, you share your embarrassing stories. I've like let the cat out of the bag about a few things with my own children as well as a teacher today. Yes, I have one you are not alone that I think some teachers might relate to, especially especially those who love accessories before we go, is you're not alone if you've come to school with mismatched earrings. Have you done it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done it. (laughs) I've done it. And I've had students who kind of look at me like on one side of my head and then look at me the other side. And they're like, miss, do you know you've got different earrings in? And I'm like, yeah. 
it's totally the fashion at the moment. Why wouldn't I? But <laughs> you know you're burning the candle at both ends when you're coming to school with mismatched attire. Yeah, maybe that is a sign that you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yep, slow down. Well, that is us wrapping up for today. But we have got an exciting event that happens every year for our new teacher community in January. So in our next episodes, we'll be talking to you about that event. Anyone can participate because it's all online and it's going to help you get set up and get prepared for the school yeah, So it's super, super exciting. It's one of our favorite times of the year, really, isn't it? It is. I, I get really excited. I feel like going back into the classroom and teaching myself when we do this event. So come join us. Same. I actually get a little bit jealous in a good way yes. about all the fun things that people are doing and setting up and getting prepared. And we help teachers actually prepare their very first week of school, get all of that planned, things for their classroom, the whole box and dice. So mark it in your diaries to come back and listen to the pod next week when we talk you all through that and we'll give you all of the details. Until next time, there are rainbows ahead. And together, we're unstoppable.